Section 13 of Stories Without Tears This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Liv Hardy of Mixtape Studio Stories Without Tears by Barry Payne Aunt Martha George who knew his duty and did it, was particularly careful to ask Aunt Martha if she was not coming too. She said she was not. She said that George's ideas of amusement were not hers. She referred to her time of life. George's wife, Jane, then tackled Aunt Martha herself and said that it was the fresh air she ought to think about. Aunt Martha said that, not being in the habit of sucking sweets all day herself, she was not in want of any change of air or doctor's prescriptions. George went a step further. He took his daughter Gladys aside and told her that she really ought to ask Aunt Martha to come up to the heath with them. What? said Gladys, a child of sound sense. Me? ask her. Come off it. This ended the matter as far as Gladys was concerned. Privately, George and Jane congratulated themselves. She is a good woman, said George, but she's not one to enjoy herself. No, said Jane, nor let others neither. Therefore, it was a bit of a shock when Aunt Martha appeared on the Monday morning with her loins girt, so to speak, and ready for the expedition. I have given in to you this once, she said and hope I shan't be sorry for it. It looks to me like rain. Anyhow, I shall be there to stop any waste of money and lolloping about in public houses. Aunt Martha preferred the inside of the tram. The rest of the party preferred the outside. Then you go in, Aunt, and we'll go out, said Jane. Then how am I to know when I am to get out? I wonder you can be so selfish. George, a noble-hearted fellow, went inside with Aunt Martha. He had a very fair two-penny smoke in one pocket and his pipe and pouch in another. He was also well provided with matches. As the tram rumbled along, he had the leisure to think about these things. You needn't have told me, said Aunt Martha at the journey's end, that the trams went right up to the heath because they don't. Well, it's only a step, said George apologetically. It's long enough for Gladys to get lost, such a crowd as there is. You give me your hand, Gladys. Now then, George, don't stop about trying to light that cigar of yours. Gladys suggested the purchase of a tin rattle, of a blue turquoise bracelet, more or less turquoise, that is, of some peacock's feathers, of a bag of lavender, and of a paper hat made on a concertina principle. These propositions were successively negatived by Aunt Martha, who observed that little girls were made to be seen and not heard, and if she asked for anything else, she would be sent home immediately. By a clever piece of strategy, Gladys managed to transfer herself from her aunt to her father. She tied the coppers up in a corner of her handkerchief and quite understood that she need not say anything to Aunt Martha about them. 
the question of when and where they should feed arose for discussion it's all one to me said aunt martha settle it for yourselves apparently anything i like is what everybody else dislikes it was so in the tram coming here and it'll go on being so till the end of the day the very moment we got out george started on his cigar which was just the same as if he told me to my face that i'd been keeping him from it perhaps it would be a better thing for his health if i could keep him from it the family decided that half-past one would be an excellent hour for lunch and that a shady spot should be found in some remote part of the heath well said aunt martha i had little or no breakfast and i feel faint now what i shall be like at half-past one i can't say i shan't be able to eat anything because i shall have gone past it i thought we'd come here to see things too so what's the sense of sitting down when you can't see anything as for the shade where there's shade there's damp that's a well-known fact perhaps you'd better just give me a sandwich and let me go off by myself i dare say you'd all be glad to get rid of me george and jane told the requisite lie gladys maintained a contemptuous silence so they sat down in the sun in a spot from which a fine view of the coconut shies and swings was to be obtained they ate sandwiches and cake and gladys and aunt martha drank milk george and jane were not thirsty at any rate they were not thirsty until a little later when they arrived at jack straw's castle george said it was a historic old place and jane ought to see it perhaps aunt martha would catch hold of gladys for a moment george and jane went to see the historic old place and came out wiping their mouths george looked as if he felt better booze 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 from morning till night said aunt martha i knew how it would be when we started jane observed that she thought a man wanted his pint in the middle of the day and that he ought to have it aunt martha said that if she was to be contradicted every time she opened her mouth perhaps it would be just as well if she said nothing at all for the rest of the afternoon in fact she would start off home at once if only she knew the way then they went round the different shows boxing shows and cinematograph shows peep shows and waxworks aunt martha gave moral and conclusive reasons why she would not go into any one of them george shied at the coconuts and aunt martha said she should be sorry to see any man make such an exhibition of himself in a public place george tried one of the coconuts that he had won as a peace offering aunt martha rejected it she added more information about her digestion and her internal organs than any woman ought to give any man except her doctor a great friend of aunt martha's had died from eating coconut as george might have remembered so george gave the coconut to gladys she made the man with the try your strength machine break it open for her by this time she possessed a tin rattle a bracelet of a turquoise appearance 
and a paper hat. Aunt Martha noticed these things. If George and Jane thought it a good thing to bring up children to disobey their elders and betters, she supposed she couldn't help it. It looked as if she had only been brought out to be insulted. A cup of tea was what she wanted, and had been wanting for the last hour, but she supposed that that didn't matter. She was given tea, and shortly afterwards the party left for home. And I suppose you call that a day's enjoyment, said Aunt Martha bitterly. On the following bank holiday, George and Jane found that they had promised to take Gladys to the zoo. This was most unfortunate, because the very sight of a wild beast caused Aunt Martha to come over faint and gave her internal cramp, so she could not accompany them. Perhaps they took the wrong tram. They turned up to Hampstead Heath, anyhow. End of section 13 Recording by Liv Hardy of Mixtape Studio